My brand voice guide is my business's North Star when it comes to keeping all my business content and marketing content clear, consistent, and inviting. That's why I created the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner, which is a free resource to help your business experience the same as mine. So all you have to do is plug in your business details into the given outline that I've created that has all the essential components of a brand voice guide. So you don't even have to pay to get it created like I did. You can plug in your information and you'll be well on your way to having a cohesive voice across all brand assets. And I've even shared my own brand voice guide with you so you can use it as a reference as you craft your own. It's like having a mentor right by your side. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide to grab your copy of the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner. And I can promise you, you're going to elevate your brand instantly. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide. You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast, episode number 182. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Porterfield. And tell me this, do you remember the movie Groundhog Day? Bill Murray plays a newscaster in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania, reporting on the annual Groundhog Day festivities, and he wakes up every day to the same thing happening again and again, and he tries to make these small course corrections throughout the day, but every day just resets and replays. Have you seen that movie? Well, that's exactly how I felt about six months ago with this exact podcast. Every day felt like Groundhog Day, except in my world, I would just call it podcast day. So here's what would happen. I would wake up in the morning and it would be podcast day again. Maybe I'd be creating outlines for the podcast or coming up with new ideas for the podcast. And then the next day I might record a one-off episode. And then the next day we would focus on writing the show notes and the emails and I'd be reviewing all that. And then the next day, maybe we would be thinking about a podcast freebie. And then the next, you get it, right? The next day, the next day, the next day. It was podcast day every day in my business. Now, maybe you don't have a podcast, but with content creation in general, if your goal is to get something out every single week, then you too might be having a Groundhog Day experience. Can you relate to any of this? Like it's always in your mind. You're always thinking about it. And worse yet, you're probably thinking, oh shoot, I've got to get to that. Ah, Yet again, I've got to do this. I've got to do that for this one consistent content creation project that you're doing, whether it be a blog or a video show or a podcast, it doesn't matter. This can happen to anybody who's creating consistent content. So because it felt incredibly draining to me, I thought I have to change something. Then I discovered mega batching. 
not just batching. And I've talked about batching before on this show and I've tried it and then I wasn't consistent with it. So I don't know why something has shifted in me. Well, actually I do because now I look at it as mega batching. And I first heard about this term from my dear friend, Michael Hyatt, and I learned about it a little from him. And then I ran with it and made it my own. So it worked inside of my business. So here's what happened. Back in August of last year, I asked my team, I said, I want to give something new a try. Will you guys get on board with me? I told them that I want to mega batch our podcast, which means we would batch our podcast ideas, and then we would batch our outlines for our podcast, and then we would batch my podcast recordings, and then we would batch the writing that goes into each podcast, the show notes, the emails, social media, all that good stuff. We would batch that as well. So not just batching, but mega batching. When I said it out loud, it seemed a little crazy. And even when I tell other people about it, they think, really, that's a lot of batching. But that's why I created this episode, because I want to break it down for you in hopes that you might get the mega batching bug as well. So today we're moving into our third wave of mega batching. And I have to say, I absolutely love it little bit obsessed with it. I think it's that good. And my team loves it as well. So again, I wanted to share what this looks like inside of my business. And hopefully you want to jump on the mega batching bandwagon as well to save yourself from experiencing Groundhog Day with your content creation. And here's the thing. If you don't have a podcast, keep listening because mega batching is not just for podcasting. It can be used in any type of consistent content creation. So a blog, a video show, or anything else that you might be cooking up. So keep an open mind and get creative on where this strategy could work for you. Let's jump into it. So first, let's talk about the why around mega batching. Yes, it was prompted by my Groundhog Day experience that I was trying to escape, but there was more to it than that. Number one, sometimes we got caught when our schedules didn't go as planned. So if an interview fell through or something came up on my end and I couldn't record when I had planned to record, we would be scrambling because we wouldn't have an episode for the upcoming week. We were working that close to the deadline and I like to practice what I preach. So I believe that we should be creating original, consistent content every single week on our blog, our podcast, our video show, whatever it might be. And I was struggling to get out that content every week when just one little thing came up and it threw us off track. Number two, I had this feeling of always being behind. Remember I mentioned that I started to dread it like, oh, I got to get to that. Oh, I got to do this. I hate when something I used to love becomes a pain in the butt. And the podcast was starting to feel that way. Also, because I wasn't getting ahead of myself, like I said, we were 
always right there up until the deadline. So if I was recording something, it was likely for the coming week, maybe just days away, like the next week's episode. So I hated that feeling. And after I record, I have a small team that works on all the stuff on the back end to make it go live. So I was stressing everybody else out as well. Number three, I wanted to plan our guests out further. With the podcast, I at times wanted to have some bigger names on the show. And if they're a bigger name, you got to book them out way in advance. And so because I wasn't getting ahead of this, I wasn't getting some of the really big influencers that I wanted on the show. So we've been working on this mega batching and we've got some awesome influencers coming down the pipeline. And number four, I needed a solution. I didn't want to have to think about the podcast every day. Now, this is the one I mentioned with the Groundhog Day, but I want to bring it up here again because imagine what I wasn't focusing on when I was always thinking about the podcast. I do big live launches in my business, and I've been creating some new content that I can't wait to get out there to you. And I want to make more videos, and I want to do bigger things in my business. But at all times, the podcast was kind of like on my shoulder. Hi, hi, hello, I'm here, I'm here. I can't create that white space for being creative. I always felt like there was this nagging thing that I had to get to. And so that does not make for a really nice creative space to come up with new ideas and feel the freedom of dreaming bigger. So this whole concept of always touching something every single day in your business can really stifle your creativity. And I know firsthand what that feels like. So that's a little bit of the why, or that's a lot of the why behind the mega batching. It's exactly why we are now doing it differently inside my business. So hopefully you can relate to some of that. And I'm encouraging you to try this mega batching even more. Now, you know, this podcast is all about the how to, not just the what. So I've given you a bunch of the what now let's get into the how to, I'm going to break it down for you and explain exactly how we do it in my business. Remember I said, have an open mind because it will look very different inside of your business, but as an entrepreneur, you want to get strategic and think, okay, this is working for Amy. She's having great success with it. It's freeing up her mind to be more creative. I want some of that. So how am I going to work this into my own business as well? So I'm going to get very specific on how it works in my business here. You're going to take it and say, how will I make it work in my business so I can be a mega batching superstar? <laughs> That's our goal for this episode. All right, here I go. I'm going to break it down. First of all, I do six episodes per mega batch. Six episodes tends to be our sweet spot. It's doable, it's manageable, and it gets us ahead more than a month. So that works really well for us. Inside the mega batch, there are five sessions that I'm going to walk you through. And these five sessions, if you look at them on a calendar, they might take a total of two weeks. However, for me, it feels like just a few days. So I'll explain that. But my team in general is touching the podcast for about two weeks. Then we take a big break and then we come back to it. So let me walk you through these five sessions. The first session is called the brainstorming session, and this is where you're just going to come up with your content ideas. 
So inside my business, this session takes about three to four hours max. Three hours usually will do it. And I don't do it alone. Gina, who helps me with my content for all of my podcast episodes, comes to this session with me. And together, we pitch and catch on topic ideas. So typically, we have some surveys that I've done that we can go through. We look on social media. We look inside my private Facebook groups for the questions people are asking. And we come up with six topics for the podcast. And why it takes so long is we're talking about different stories that I can tell or different examples that I can use, or we're breaking down the flow of that actual podcast episode. So we really hash it out in the brainstorming session. And I love this session because one, I don't have to do it alone. And it's nice to pitch and catch with somebody that really knows your content well. And Gina's been with me for a while now. She's not an employee. She's a contractor. And she spends a lot of time inside of my Facebook groups, getting to know my students. So it's nice that I'm not alone trying to think of ideas. So if you can get somebody to help you with this, I highly encourage you to do so. Okay, so in the brainstorming session, we come up with the topics, we make sure that we've got a flow, we've got ideas, we've got examples, and we always look at the topic and say, okay, what is the question we're answering for this topic idea? And if we can come up with a good question that we're answering that we know my students would want to know, then we feel like it's golden and we move on. So after that brainstorming session, the next session is the outline review session. So Gina takes all of our notes and she makes them into really detailed outlines. She spends about a week doing so, not a full week, off and on. And so I don't have to worry about the podcast for a full week. I know that Gina's working on the outlines and we're going to come together for session number two, which is the outline review session. So again, we book about two to three hours for this. We sit in a room and Gina and I go over her detailed outlines one by one. I'm looking at the flow. I'm making sure that it feels good in terms of how I'm going to deliver it. I can't just have someone create my content and I sit and I read it. I've got to be a part of it. So Gina knows that. So we kind of play around with the outlines a little bit. We might talk about more examples or one time we came together and one outline was just not cutting it for us. She put it together, but she said, this one just feels a little bit sloppy. So we took a good 30 minutes reworking the outline together. So that's why I like to have a few hours to review outlines. If I don't need it and I just review them and I love them, then we're off to the races. But we give ourselves that space to be creative if we need it. And so after the outline review session, the very next day, since it's kind of in my body and I've read all those outlines and I'm ready, I go into my recording studio and I allow myself two days to record six episodes. Now, some of these episodes will be interviews. So I need to make sure that we get ahead of that. And during my two days of recording, my interviews are set up as well. We'll talk about that in just a moment. So I go and I record for two days and I'm done. I've got six episodes knocked out. Now, sure, I could say I'm going to do that in one day. And that was the initial plan. But I had to get honest with myself and say, you know what? I just don't do well in recording six episodes in one day. My friend John Lee Dumas can record like 100 in one day. I just can't do it. It's not me. And I don't want to hate the process. So I've given myself two days. 
And so that's session number three. Session number four is the production session. I'm totally out of this one. So I don't have anything to do with creating the show notes or writing the emails or writing any of the social media. My team handles that. And so because of that, I get to be free again to just focus on the other projects that I've been working on and not keep touching the podcast. So once everything is written, the fifth and final session is the review session. And this is where I come back in for about two hours and I review all the emails, all the show notes. I just read them over. It doesn't take me long because my team is really good at this part, but I like to know what's going out there. I'm just not okay with totally stepping back and not seeing the email that's going to go out or the show notes or whatever. This is my brand, my voice. (laughs) This is me. This is my baby. So I want to be a part of it. But let's walk through those sessions one more time because I want to point out where I get involved and where I get to step out. So the brainstorming session is just a few hours. I'm in and then I'm out. And then a week later, we come together and we do an outline review session, just a few hours. I am reviewing everything. I'm making sure I'm ready for the recording. Done. The next day I go into the recording session. I get probably three done. The day after that, another three and then I'm done. And then for a few days, the team works on all the copy that's needed. I come back in for a few more hours for the review session and I'm done. So for me, it feels like just one week I'm focused on the podcast and it's just a few hours each time, except on my two recording days. The team is touching it definitely more so than I am. So that's why I say, if you look at the calendar, I would guess a mega batching session takes about two weeks, but we're definitely not touching it every single day in that two weeks. And once it's done, we have weeks without even talking about the podcast. It's funny, someone on my team during a non-mega batching session, so we were working on other stuff, came up to me and said, okay, but episode number 180, I was thinking da-da-da. And in my head, I'm thinking, no, 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 no. We're not talking about the podcast. Like I've become diligent about it. I don't want to think about it because here's the great thing. When I do come back to it, I'm really excited to jump in. So let's talk about what's great about mega batching. And then I'm going to share with you a few areas that I'm trying to improve on as it relates to mega batching. So first, what's great? Number one, I love getting into a room with Gina and just working on the content, the topic ideas, and then the outline reviews. It allows me to be super focused and then let it go when I walk outside of the room. So when we're focusing on six episodes and we're really in it, that feels good. And then it feels really good to walk out of the room and be done with it. Now, that doesn't mean Gina's done with it. But for me, as I'm running this business and doing a million other things, it's important that I let go of something and then come back to it when the time is right. So that's exactly what Mega Batching has allowed me to do. Also, I have more time to look back and see what we've done in the past. We had this issue where I felt like we started to repeat content. We actually had a full episode outline created one time. This is like six months ago. And I sat down to look at it and I said, guys, we've already done this episode. Like I didn't realize it in the moment when we came up with the idea. No one checked against our big grid of all the topics we've covered. And it was a huge waste. And so slowing down and getting laser focused 
focus like we've been doing now allows us to go back and really look at the past episodes and see how we can add to them or make them better, but not repeat the same stuff we've already done. Also, I think the team likes having a break from the podcast, just like I do. It recharges your batteries. So I alluded to this a little bit earlier, but I was getting really drained by the podcast. Now that we mega batch, and this is really the truth, we are more excited about it. When I come to the table, I am ready to jump in and it feels really, really good. So I just wanted to put that out there because if you're feeling like something in your business in terms of consistent content creation has become a big pain in the butt, maybe it's time to mega batch so you can walk away from it for a very big period of time and then come in excited to tackle it again. And as I mentioned, I also want to improve on a few things as we continue to mega batch because in my business, mega batching is definitely here to stay but it's also not an exact science. We're still figuring out the timing of some things as it relates to getting people on the calendar to interview them. Because if they're on the calendar to interview, we gotta make sure our outlines are ready. There's a lot of communication back and forth. So I do feel like interviewing people for the podcast and mega batching tends to show up as a challenge sometimes more than anything else. Again, all with timing. So we're working on that. I feel like we've gotten a lot better with looking into the future and saying, okay, what do we have to plan for to get these people on the calendar early enough? Also, I don't have a dedicated social media person in my business. This is something we definitely are looking to hire for in the near future. We want to do someone local so they can be with me here and we can do more video on social and talk about the podcast in new ways on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all that good stuff. So because we don't have a social media dedicated person in the business, it tends to not get the focus it needs inside of the mega batching. So as I hire someone down the road, I feel like they might have their own session in terms of the mega batch so that they can build out some better social media to get each podcast episode out there to a bigger audience. So I just like to share with you my own personal experience of areas that I think we can still improve. And then next week's episode, number 183, it's a good one, guys. It's all about how to create your promotional calendar for the new year, or really any time of the year, but since we're getting into the new year soon, I'm gonna show you how to plan your calendar. And in that episode, I talk about wanting to focus even more so on my podcast. So I feel like as we improve the podcast, add new elements to the podcast, that will become part of our mega batching experience as well. So as this evolves, I will be sure to keep you in the loop and let you know if I learn anything new around this process. So there you have it. As we move into the wrap up, I want to leave you with two things to think about. Number one, make this process your own. Remember how I told you that I first got this idea from Michael Hyatt? Well, I can promise you that mega batching looks very different in his business than it does in mine. And I had to take into account the team I have and my own personality and how I like to create content. And I know my weaknesses and my strengths. And so all of that played a part in my idea of what mega batching looks like in my business. So take it and make it your own. Number two, 
This is a process. It feels very awkward in the beginning, and it could even feel a little bit overwhelming because six episodes in my business at one time, that felt like a lot. But as we started to work out the kinks and as we started to move things around a little bit and figure out where we might have a challenge and fix that, all of that typically happens in the beginning. So in our very first mega batch, we had to work out a few things, but it got really good into number two and into number three. So I highly recommend that you give yourself a little flexibility. You will work it out. Do not give up after your first mega batch. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed this episode. I love sharing all these tips and tricks with you, and I cannot wait to come back again next week. So I'll see you soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com.